Welcome back to Enlightened Relationships. I'm Lindsay K. Porter, and if you missed last week's episode, you may want to tune in to hear Paul Montley's interview and journey with the Peter Pan Effect. Today, we welcome back a special guest, Chantelle Turner, who was one of the launch interviews. She began her online entrepreneur journey shortly after having her first child. She was looking for a way to help cover her daughter's medical bills and discovered network marketing. While she did quite well early on using traditional methods, she quickly hit a plateau and began looking for ways to leverage the internet and automation. During this time, she was working hard to get her daughter the medical services and support she needed due to complications at birth. As she found ways to help her own daughter, she realized many other parents whose kids had special needs were not getting the support they needed. With her learned internet and marketing skills, she founded the company Stronger Mommy. While building Stronger Mommy, Chantel founded and developed highly effective strategies that not only grew her group and brand, but revolutionized the way people grow and manage Facebook groups. Those who adopt these strategies into their own groups have seen massive growth both in their following and sales. Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless frustrating cycle of direct correcting and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I, who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, people who are willing to take ownership of our behaviors and actions, how are we able to make the changes necessary to create intentional relationships? Well, That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Lindsay K. Porter, and welcome to Enlightened Relationships. Welcome, Chantel, and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. I am just absolutely excited to be here and to to be able to share some stuff about me with your audience. Let's go ahead and dive into this, shall we? Why don't we start with you kind of going into your backstory, your journey to where you got to be where you are today? So um, I was happily climbing the corporate ladder. Um, It's kind of funny. Both of my parents have been entrepreneurs very successfully throughout their lives. And so you'd think that naturally that would have been the path that I followed, but school did its job and taught me that the way to be successful is to go out, get a job and climb the corporate ladder. And that is what I was happily doing. And in 2012, my husband and I decided that we wanted to start a family And so we were very lucky. We actually got pregnant very quickly. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with that. And so honestly, I was, I was very grateful that it was so easy for us. And for the most part, I had a really good pregnancy. Uh, A lot of like nausea, uh, morning sickness that lasted all day, all night, all nine months. (laughs) Yeah. Morning morning sickness. Um, (laughs) Aside from that, I had a good pregnancy. Every time I would go to the doctor, they said everything looked good. And then I went into labor full term, 38 weeks, five days. And it was about one o'clock in the morning when I started having contractions. Um, my mom for my myself and for my younger brother was in labor for 24 hours for each. So the doctors wow. had said like, it's usually genetic, wait as long as you can at home. So I, I felt the contractions. Like, I think that this is labor, right? You don't really know first right. child. Uh, and I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, okay, it's 1am. We get up at six. It'll be a Monday. 
so I could wait. I can just wait till we get up. And so I get up, I go to the bathroom, I come back, I'm like trying to fall back to sleep. And every maybe 20 minutes, I'm waking up, I'm looking at the clock, I'm timing my contractions. And by 3 a.m., I'm like, wow. I'm definitely in labor. <laughs> this is not real. Um, and, I'm, and I'm in considerable pain, but I'm like, I'm, I can hold out, right? I'm like, I'm strong. I can hold out. The badge, right? Hours. Yeah, yeah. We're going for the badge. <laughs> it's just three more hours until everyone wakes up. And my husband's like peacefully asleep next to me as I've gone pee 12 times. And, uh, and all of a sudden, my water breaks. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's it. Guess we're, we're getting up. We're going to the hospital. So I wake him up. And by that time, once my water had broken, I was in considerable pain. Um, didn't really know something was wrong necessarily, just in a lot of pain. But we get to the hospital and they put the fetal monitor on. It's like a normal thing that they do, I guess. And so mm -hmm. every time I would have a contraction, my daughter's heart rate would stop. And that's very concerning, of course. And so right. um, they brought us into a room, got us all checked in, gave me two epidurals. They actually missed the first time. Um, <sighs> and they thought that like relieving my contractions would allow her heart rate to normalize. Unfortunately, it didn't. And so about 15 minutes after being in the room with the epidurals, they're like, we're going for an emergency C-section. And so we went, we did an emergency C-section, they got her out, and then they said she was fine. Her APGAR scores, the tests that they do on brand new babies, um, came back good, all high scores. They looked at her, they said she was fine. The cord was wrapped around her arm, so maybe that was causing her distress. They didn't really have a reason for the heart rate. Um, and then they gave her to us. And so for about two hours, we were a blissfully happy new family. My parents came up, they live about two hours away in Tucson, they came up. Mm -hmm. um, my husband's mom was there, my stepmom, my dad, my mother, everybody was in the room. My daughter's temperature was a little bit low, and she was struggling to breastfeed, so her, her glucose levels, her sugar levels were low. But first time mom, first time yeah. baby, totally normal that she can't breastfeed very well or that I'm not very good at it right, right. away. <laughs> so they for take both. her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they take her to the nursery to warm her up and to get her some food and, and you know into her system and all of that. And during that time, her pediatrician did his rounds. They, they do these rounds, they look in on the babies, and he looked in on her and he said, I don't know what's wrong but something is wrong with this baby and she needs to be in the NICU. And within about maybe 20, 30 minutes of her being up in the NICU, she had two apneic episodes that stopped her breathing and she turned blue. Oh and so luckily goodness. she was up in the NICU and thank God, like they were able to revive oh. her right away. But now it's this frantic kind of figure out why is this brand new baby that seems so healthy having apneic episodes? Why is she not breathing? And so they did uh, an EEG, which is basically checks the electrical waves inside your brain. They saw that she was having seizures and they needed to find out why. They did a CT and eventually an MRI. And so all of this took place over the course of three days, three days where she was two floors away from me um, because the NICU was so uh -huh. far away from our maternity room. Uh, three days where I was dragging myself upstairs, even though I just had an emergency C-section, um, just to be with her. And mm -hmm. Earl came into our room. Our, our family was all around. And he had a red folder with him. And he opened the folder. He circled a dark portion in the scan. And he said, do you see this portion of your child's brain? Well, that portion of your daughter's brain is dead. And my oh. heart stopped. And I didn't oh understand how to process that information. Um, he said that she had cerebral palsy, which I didn't, I, I mean, I'd heard, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, he physically acted out how she might look if she ever walked, physically acted that out in front of us, which was devastating, um, and then kind of just left. And there are moments in life where, especially as a couple, 
things come along that will either tear you apart or pull you together. And for us, this was a pull together moment. Um, we were, we were there, we were focused on our daughter. We were going to love her as much as humanly possible and give her everything that we could and just kind of take it one day at a time. And so fast forward, we spent 11 days in the NICU. We, we got home and during the time in the NICU, the hospital social workers would come in and they'd say, we're applying for this for you. And here's some other things. And they, I mean, we're trying to care for our kid and I'm trying to take care of myself and all like, we just, were not prepared for everything. And about six months after being out of the hospital, I started getting medical bills that my insurance didn't cover everything and that whatever the hospital had said they applied for, they did not. And we found ourselves with a mountain of medical debt. So my good job, my husband's good job did not even come close to cutting it. And I had to figure out very quickly how to get the services and resources that my daughter needed, the financial support that we needed, and also how to make up for that deficit. So I did apply for the state services and was able to get them, but they don't backdate. They only move forward. <sighs> I found myself in the world of network marketing. I'd never thought of working online, but my husband travels 80% of the year for his work. So I couldn't possibly get another job. I was already working 40 hours a week and I needed to be with my kid. So a friend said, Hey, here's this thing called network marketing. I joined a company that luckily I had a lot of passion for the products that they sold and I did very well early on. And I actually was able to pay down those medical bills. We were able to earn some vacations, which was huge for us wow. at the time. We really needed that break. And then in that process, I wanted to figure out how to scale that and automate it and learn more about internet marketing now that I was online. So I started learning about ads and funnels and all sorts of these internet marketing terms. And eventually I realized that while the, the network marketing thing was great, there was a bigger group of people I wanted to serve and it was special needs parents just like me. And I started joining other Facebook groups that had special needs parents in them. And what I found was that people were mean to each other inside these groups. They were tearing each other down. There was hardly any advice. And I was blown away. I didn't understand why they were like this. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to start my own group. I'm going to be different. I founded a brand called Stronger Mommy. I started a group called Stronger Mommies, plural. And very quickly, that group grew to about 2,500 members in less than six months. Over 90% wow. of all of the members were active and engaged and they were loving the group. It was full of positivity and support. And I was offering advice on all the things that I had just discovered over the couple years now that my daughter had been growing up and I had been trying to do the research. And I found that I was able to help so many of these moms with so many things that they were going through. Um, and, and that's kind of where it all really started. Now I actually teach other entrepreneurs how to grow highly active and engaged Facebook groups, but it all started because I had such a passion for helping these special needs moms and I was able to do it for myself. And then I simply reverse engineered what I'd done. And now I'm able to share that with others. Oh my goodness, Chantel. That is just an amazing story. And I can't tell you with as many times as you were speaking, the chills that overcame me. I just, it was an amazing story. Your journey, your experience. I, oh, heartfelt girl, heartfelt. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, um, I think it's wonderful for something that you created something to help others. It's funny because I look back and I think the person that I was before I had my daughter, I, I was not proud of that person. I wasn't a bad person. I didn't like commit criminal activities or right. hurt people, but I just was very self-centered before having her. I was very focused on me. How can anything that's happening benefit me? Um, I wasn't really about helping other people. And I can't say what shifted, but having her, all of a sudden I realized that 
I wanted to help other people. And I saw how much so many other special needs moms needed my help. And then I got so much fulfillment out of helping them. In fact, early on, it's something that I, I vividly remember when I first started my group, I had a mom reach out via private message. And she said, mm -hmm. I just have to tell you, I'm sure you get thank yous all the time, but I have to tell you, I have made more friends in the last 10 minutes inside of your group than I've made in the last 10 years. And that was like a light bulb moment for me that like, wow, something that seems so small to me. I mean, I didn't know who she was. I didn't introduce her to people. I didn't, you know, make a personal connection with her on my end, but through my group, she had made connections with other people. And because of that, she finally found support that she had been missing. And I made an impact on somebody simply by putting myself out there. And it was just like this profound, oh my God, I got to do that again and again right. and again, because it felt amazing. <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness. Oh, girl, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> but I just, I, to be given that gift of hearing that gratitude from her and you giving her the gift of making those meaningful connections when something can feel so lonely and then having people to have a common experience, a common struggle, challenge, whatever the viewpoint may be, but to be able to connect with people in similar. So you're just not feeling that alone in life. Yeah. I just, exactly. you are a superhero, my friend. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm so Thank grateful you. for you and for, you know, people that go out and take their life experience, what they went through and in ways being able to pay it forward to others to bless other people's lives. So, oh, amazing. You said something that I, I would love to understand if you feel like you can add to it. You talked about in relationship, you and your husband, that you hear you were at the hospital in this moment that, and it's true, it's like this, which path do we take? Are we going to take this path and this, this personal hardship that we f fall apart, we go apart because the struggles are hard or you guys came, you pulled together and that, that was just so profound to me. Can you tell me a little bit what that was like or how that transpired? Yeah. You know, I think it breaks my heart because there are so many families that end up having a child with special needs or challenges or difficulties or differences or whatever. I always say different abilities. Um, like and a lot of times it, it does, it, it becomes a wedge between the spouses. And even now, I mean, we are not a perfect family. My daughter is incredible. She's six. But man, does she know how to push a button. And I can be honest, like when, when your buttons are constantly getting pushed, you lash out your tone of voice, the way that you carry your body, everything. You don't mean to, but when you're, when you're at that point where you're so frustrated and stressed with one person, it usually gets taken out on someone else, especially if you don't want to take that frustration out on your child because you know that it's not intentional it has to go somewhere. We can't just like bottle it up and think it disappears. It goes somewhere and typically it goes into our spouse. And so I see so many special needs parents that talk about how struggled their relationship has been or how their spouse just didn't want to deal with any, with any of it. And so they left, they're carrying this burden alone. Um, and I, I can't say that there's some magic thing that I did or that my husband did that made us last. I just know in that moment, we looked at each other and we thought, there was this connection and, and truly handholding of like, okay, this is the card we're being dealt. Let's go make the best of it. 
And there has de have definitely been some ups and downs throughout this journey. Uh, again, every time she pushes a button, it usually ends up backfiring on one of us instead. You know, more recently, she's been having seizures in her sleep, and we've been trying to deal with that. And when we get like the what would be the worst news or the hardest thing to overcome, it's the moments when we pull together and when I am so grateful for the relationship that we have, even if I don't feel close 100% of the time, especially because he travels so much of the year. So right. you know, like I'm a single mom 80% of the year. <laughs> He's gone. Um, but it's in those moments where I know I have that support. And I think whether it's a spouse or you find a friend that offers that that support to you um, or a parent or a sibling or somebody, it doesn't necessarily have to be your spouse, but you definitely need someone in your corner. Find someone who in your, in your worst moments where you feel like your entire world is about to fall apart, that person will just hold your hand because that's really what you need. Oh, that's wonderful. Good information. Very valuable to see how you can navigate life that much better when you have that that support, that person. So you, you had kind of mentioned, and I, and I find it interesting as well, but the single parent mentality with a husband that is traveling constantly, you know, 80% of the time is what you, you've shared. So how does running, obviously, with the engagement that you have, a successful business that has its own demands, I'm sure, on you and your time, a spouse that's traveling, and you know, your daughter with her, I want to use the right term, her different abilities. Here you go. <laughs> how does that, how does that work for you? How do you manage it all? Yeah. You know, I think anything in life is a balance. You can't have too much of anything. And so, um, it's not always intentional, but I have very clear boundaries of when I am working and when I am not, um, sometimes I'm working late into the night after she goes to bed because I'm on a deadline and it needs to get done. I am, I try to be cautious not to work too much in front of her. I want her to know that her time with me is her time. Not to say that I never pick up my phone or I've never given her an iPad so I could be on a call or do a live. Right. It had to happen at that time. Um, but I really try to make it few and far between. She is six years old. She goes to school. And so during the time that she's at school, those are my work hours. When she was in preschool, my work hours were two and a half days, two and a half hours, three days a week. And that was a challenge. <laughs> that, was, that was a huge challenge. It's a very limited work window. Right. Um, now she's, you know, she's in first grade. And so my work window um, is from about 8 a.m. till about 2.45 p.m. most Monday through Fridays. Uh, there's a half day every other Wednesday that goes in and cuts my, my time in half. And then I have therapy and doctors and sometimes that eats into it. Um, but, I, you know, it's really about... I think figuring out what are, what are the things that have to get done? What are the most important things that it makes you use your time? The less time you have very strategically. Um, I read the four hour work week a little while back and it's funny because I realized how much of that I already do. How many, like I didn't realize I was, <laughs> I was on that path, but I really was. And it's truly because the more limited in time you are, the more focused and intentional you have to be with the time you have. And so people that go to a job and have 40 hours a week to get something done will take all 40 hours to get it right. done. And the truth of the fact is that you can really probably get it done in significantly less time. And so I just, I go into every day knowing this is what I have to get done by this time. This is how much time I have. And I'm intentional with that. Um, and I'm intentional with my family time. And that way the two don't tend to run together. Um, 
it's, you know, it's funny, I get asked to be on podcast interviews or um, asked to do all sorts of different things. And a lot of times the calendars don't align. <laughs> there's, I go to find a slot and, and I'm like, there's nothing during the daytime when I'm available because a lot of people have a full-time job and I will either have to turn it down or have to, you know, that person ends up, you know, maybe finding a different time that works. Um, but I'm intentional about what time is for my family and what time is for work. There is some gold you're laying down right there. I think that is tremendous to have those clear standards for yourself. You know, I, that's and being intentional, sticking to it. So that's, that's awesome. Let me ask you this as we um, are going to get ready to conclude here, but um, what would you say through this journey, through this experience, through building this company, what has been your biggest learning that's had the biggest impact in your life? I would say the, the biggest shift for me was learning how to have some time for myself um, as as parents, especially as a, as a new parent there, and, and of a special needs child, there is, or a child with special needs, there is a lot of mom guilt that gets in there. Um, and I am not somebody that likes to feel guilty. So I really didn't like the feeling of mom guilt. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I tried not to have it. I, I see so many other moms that talk about like, it's almost like there's this, because something happened and your child now has different abilities or um, you have a child with special needs, it's like they think that they have to make up for that somehow by being the, the most incredible mom on the planet and that they can never have a flaw or a fault because their child already has it harder than the rest. And I think you have to kind of give yourself the leeway to say, I'm just human also. And for me, I know the, the more that my buttons get pushed and the more tired I am and the more run down and the more that I give to everyone, then my leash is shorter. Little, something little that normally wouldn't set me off sets me off and I'm angry and I have to walk away. And don't get me wrong, I have, I call it a parent tantrum. <laughs> I have <laughs> a parent tantrum. I have slammed my daughter's door. I have yelled. Uh, I've gone and cried about it in a corner later. <laughs> she started it. <laughs> But I have thrown a parent tantrum and that's to me, that's the sign when I'm like, wow, this is not the person I am and it's not the person I want to be. So it's time for me to put me first. And we have to do that, even whether it's small little bits or you, t I mean, I take big vacations without my daughter now, but it didn't start out that way. It didn't start off like going out of the country for 10 days. I started off with seeing if somebody could watch her for 30 minutes while I hid in my room and had just me and like some music. And then an hour where I left my house and had somebody watch her. Um, respite care has been incredible, which is somebody that actually comes to your home and helps um, take care of your child. Will you take some respite, a little rest? And right. now, you know, we're at the point where, where I can, I'll go to the movies by myself. I'll go have dinner by myself outside of my house. Uh, I will go on vacation with and without my child. And I come back from any of those things and I am so much more refreshed and easygoing. And that, that leash is so much longer. So when she pushes those buttons, instead of immediately flipping my switch and getting irritated and yelling or taking it out on my husband, which is what happens a lot of times for a lot of people, I'm calmer and I'm more focused and I'm able to take it in stride because I don't feel that pressure because I just took care of me. And so I would say in anything, what has helped me grow my business, what has helped me um, support my family and be a better caregiver for my, for my daughter and a better wife and all of that um, is truly just also knowing that it's okay to sometimes put your own needs first. Beautifully stated. Chantel, thank you for that, again, golden nugget right there. That self-care um, is tremendous and huge. And I think we as 
wives and mothers, whatever that hat is that we're wearing, we almost feel guilty taking sometimes that time. And I think it's so incredibly important because then like you're saying, you are able to bring your best self to every situation and navigate it with much more love and compassion. So yeah, I think if anything, you should feel guilty about not taking time for yourself because truly that's when you are not being the best parent. You're not being the best mom. You're not being the best spouse. Um, it's, it's almost always when we let our, our own, you were a human being with dreams and passions and visions of the future before having a child, whether special needs or not landed in your life. And yes, we make concessions, right? That's what like you have to, you brought a child into this world. So you make concessions. It doesn't mean that the person that you were that had these dreams and hopes and visions for the future has to completely disappear forever. It just means that now you have to find a way to have both, to be an incredible parent an incredible spouse, but also have your dreams and visions for the future. I love it. Thank you so very much. I um, just want to thank you for being here with us today and for the information that you shared, Chantel. Um, Chantel, you also um, are going to be featured in some upcoming books, right? Yeah. So it all spiraled. I actually, um, I, I became an author. I wrote a chapter for a book called air for our secrets, which is all different marketing. Um, even though it doesn't sound like it, it's all marketing and entrepreneurs and all of that. It's kind of like the guidebook to online entrepreneurship. Um, so I was fortunate enough to write a chapter in that. And then somehow after doing that, it spitballed into, um, being offered chapters in several other books. So, um, in addition to air fire secrets, I have a chapter in overcoming adversity. I have a chapter in your million dollar story and specifically in that one really dives deep into the backstory of how I got started and everything that happened in my life um, up until this time and actually creating my business. Um, And then another one called High Profit Secrets. And so it's very exciting to have chapters in all these books coming out. Um, Lots of actionable intel, especially inside Air Fire Secrets is literally like step-by-step actionable intel that you can implement into your business right away. Um, Overcoming Adversity has that as well. And then just some more backstory on me and the other two. But I feel honored to have gotten to write a chapter for so many books that um, will be coming out in the next couple months. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Chantel, for anyone who wants to connect with you online, um, how can they reach? Yes. You can find me on Facebook, Chantel page Turner. Like think of the books I'm writing. I'm a real page Turner. I know. Enjoy the joke. People used to make fun of it. And then I, I kind of embraced it now. I think it's great for branding. So Chantel page Turner on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, you can go to ChantelTurner.com as well, or not yet notable, which is if you're looking to actually build a highly active and engaged Facebook group of people who know, like trust and want to buy from you, not yet notable.com. That is where I do all of that. Awesome. Thank you so very much, Chantel. We appreciate you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Relationships. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, then please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to help share this message with others.